And I say, in this pose, just tilt your body a little because there's people on this side of the theater and there's people on this side of the theater. They want to see you. So just tilt your body just slightly like this. Dude, what, and listen to... Every time I listen to this, it always fascinates me. Lou Ferrigno's dad giving him advice on how to pose. No, no. No, no. Listen. No. When you, when, when you come out here and you're out here, right? Now, they're all waiting for you, Louie. They want to see what you got. They've never seen you before. Right? You tense your legs, right? Then you look at the crowd, Louie. They're all looking at your flash boobs are going to go off and everything. Flash boobs. Flash boobs. Flash boobs. The flash Did this guy, you know, I mean, he's a genius, right? Like, I mean, he, he knows exactly how it's all going to go down. Guy's about 5'3 and about 140 pounds with a pot belly, but he's telling Lou Ferrigno what's going to happen. Flash boobs? No, no. No, no. Listen. Listen. When you, when, when you come no, out here, no. you're out here, right? Now, they're all waiting for you, Louie. They want to see what you got. They've never Louis. seen you before. <laughs> you tense your legs, right? Tense your legs. Then you look at the crowd, Louie. They're all looking at your flash bulbs. You're going to walk and everything. Then you put your arms like this. Like this. You look at your arms. You look at them. Like you're admiring, right? Yeah. You're admiring what you're going to show. You're admiring. Uh -huh. And you go, boom. <laughs> like you're saying, take a look at this hunk of man. Something like that, okay? Something you like that. All right. you, you, you try it. Boom. Boom. Look out. Look out. That's right. That's right. That's it. That's it. No, no. No, no. Down no, no, no. I told you, look at your arms. Down here. Look at both arms. Both arms. Right. <laughs> That's it. Both arms. Attaboy. Attaboy. Now hold that pose because remember, your arms are bigger than Arnold. And I say. And they want to see them, right? These people have never seen your arms. They've seen Arnold. So hold that pose a while. And I say, in this pose, just tilt your body a little because there's people on this side of the theater and there's people on this side of the theater. They want to see you. So just tilt your body just slightly like this, right? Try that low. Try that low. Out of boy. Pimps and card shots, Steve Smurdy was with hard luck. Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show coming at you from the Pico Youth Family Center in the city of Santa Monica. Sitting across from me is Chumahan Bone, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian. And I'm here to bring you and my buddy Big Lux another fucking awesome show. Once again, I'm going to do my part with a lot of heart. And uh, it's never too late to start. So let's never get down late. to it. Let's get down to it. God damn, boy. I can't well, imagine. What? I just can't imagine being like Lou Ferrigno and just being that huge and then having this scrum. I, I don't really understand how his dad got involved in. Tr in Did you guys send you that one post of the homie <laughs> that's all fucking tatted up lifting weights and he talks about the fat parent that fucking is fucking unmotivated but goes hard on his kid? No. Be really good in sports? No. Oh, bro. But you know who that sounds like. I know. 
That and I thought I sent that to you. Oh, it was fucking good. Oh man, Those fucking lazy fat piece of shit. You you lead fucking. He breaks it down. He goes, my daughter's a fucking G. Yeah. Because her dad's a G. Because that's what I fucking model for her. Right. I don't have to go hard on her. Right. She goes hard. Right. Because well, I don't get these fucking out of shape fat. They want to tell their kids to do this that, <laughs> and they don't do anything. And then they come down hard on their kids. Like he he goes into it. I was like, damn man, I gotta find that, bro. I'm gonna find that later and play it for you, man. Yeah. Well, I thought of you. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. my dad. You know, that's a lot of people, dude. He would be on the couch, right? Watching Barney Miller with a fucking half gallon, a box, half gallon of fucking chocolate chip mint ice cream. Asking me if I had run the entire three miles without stopping and giving me shit. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> but, it, but I just sit there and I'm like, God. But then the movie, how did Lou's dad get into the documentary Pumping Iron to be a part of it? Because it's like, it's, it's locked for time now. Like in, in Lou, I read it. Hey, so because Lou can't speak on his own, Lou can't think about that. Yeah. Look how much time Lou has on the camera talking. He can't carry anything. Man, that's true. So they had to have him. If Lou was his own man, his dad wouldn't be there. Think about uh. that. It would have been about Lou and Arnold. But Lou doesn't have those pieces, bro. Damn. I didn't think about that. He had to have his father or they couldn't make the movie. It's, like, what are you going to do? Uh, yo, uh, yeah, like, that would have uh, been it. Grab my arms. Right, my he arms. doesn't, he, he needed Pops, dude. That's a, Pops is essentially his voice. That sucks, though, because Pops, because, like, I read. Pops is Pops' voice. Duh. Hey, flash bulbs are going to be going. I read his book later. He wrote a book. Lou Ferrigno wrote a book later where he just fucking trashed his dad. Really? He said that my dad was an asshole. And this is after pumping iron. So he writes this. He said that his dad was ashamed of him for having hearing problems and fucking would never supported his weightlifting or anything. Nothing. But it wasn't until the movie. Oh, in the movie he signed. Oh, yeah, I'm right wow. here with my deaf son. We're going to show him, you know, blah, 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 blah. But the behind the scenes was like he was just hamming it up and just trying to get as much spotlight as he can. And when he when Lou lost, his dad turned his back on him and all this other bullshit. That's horrible, man. It's fucking awful. It's fucking insane. He was a cop. <laughs> he was a cop. Yeah, he was. Oh no wonder. Right. Flashbulbs. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> now it makes sense. It does make sense. Rat ass cop. Yeah. I'm sitting there with scrawny little dude telling his gigantic yeah, son, who eventually man. went on to become a fucking celebrity in one of the And one fucking the fucking Right. It won that shit at like forty. Right. Right, Mr. Olympia. Right, that's, classics. And shit. Hey, man, I'll tell you something. That's that that says a lot, actually, about Lou Ferrigno and Arnold. Actually, it says a lot about those two. You know, some people would see a competition like that and see a loss and see a public loss, and they would just wrap it up and that's it, and they would turn their back on working out, and they would never. But Lou didn't do that. He just kept going. No, man. And now he's a legend in the same status as Arnold, despite. What happened at that sure. one time? It went on, had his own television sure, kept show. Kept on going. Yeah, was the Hulk. I mean, all that. But, yeah, I, I, I think about that a lot. 
Um, so again, we've been, you know, we've been on sort of summer status for about two weeks, right? You, yes. And um, this last week was, what did you do this last week, weekend, that since we weren't doing the show, what, what did you do? I mean, you got your main squeeze. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I hung out with uh, Baby Girl. Baby was, yeah, girl, we had spent uh, Friday and Saturday uh, overnight out. Ooh, yeah, we did that because I didn't have because we weren't doing the show. All right, so I took advantage of that. Yeah, and uh, and then I also had to go meet uh, the owner of this new place that I'm moving into um, and get like a credit app done and meet her and walk through the place. Mm-hmm. How's that place? So that, nice, R- good. That's in. That's about. Uh, that's about. Uh, you know, forty-five days away. So I had to do a little bit of that, but I hung out, hung out with baby, and just took it easy. Right. I mean, so. I mean, what does that mean? What does that look like? I mean, <clears throat> you know, big lux when you're hanging out with baby girl. It means like having sex all weekend, <laughs> eating good. Yeah, I mean, did you guys just? I mean, you didn't wear clothes at all for like forty eight hours. Naked for 48 just hours. ate pizza yeah, naked. Yeah, drank and then... water and bread. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, just hung out with her and no know. real schedule. And of course, I got to see my uh, my grandson and Vincent on Sunday. Yeah, as always. But yeah, I just took it real easy over the weekend and just hung with her. Wow. And so um, can you give us any insight into what she's about or what she does? Or I mean, this is, I mean, a lot of women would have loved to have been able to somehow step into the spot to be called baby girl by the infamous Lucky Luciano. This lady made it. She's. Uh, so what can we say about her? She uh, works in like wellness and is about. Eastern medicine and really? uh, all about um, what is um, like yoga, like a lot of yoga, mindfulness. Um, what is uh, um, medicine when you what do you call medicine when it's a uh, homeopathic? Homeopathic, homeopathic medicine, Home- Eastern homeopathic herbs and and different stuff like that. That's <clears throat> kind of like the world she works in. That's where like her consciousness is at. Tantric. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, country. <laughs> um, she's uh, beautiful, sweet. She brings a lot to the table. Mm. She um, definitely is always contributing time, uh, things. Uh, you know, she works hard to be in the relationship and meet me halfway. Mm. It's definitely not <clears throat> one of these things where I'm carrying her. Right. Like we she works hard and she has goals and she's and she brings a lot and makes a lot of time for the relationship and 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 brings things to the table. She brings a lot to the table. She makes my life easier in a lot of ways. Well, that's she's constantly helping me and supporting me in different ways and I do the same as I can for her. So it's it, Does she does she listen to the show? I don't I think that there might have been some episodes, but she's not constantly listening and on uh, uh, on this show trying to listen. Like, I'll tell her, hey, this is a good show, or you should listen to this yeah. one. She's busy, though. She's busy. So she doesn't have a lot of time to be 
keeping an eye on listening to my shows and all that. Like she will when I tell her, look, you need to listen to this show or yeah. whatever. There's a good one. She'll she'll peep it out. Absolutely. And she'll tell me, oh man, that was a good show. Well, yeah. So what does she think of the the shows or like uh, for like what does she think of like uh, does she have any thoughts on She likes more the shows that me and you do that are more um with certain guests or like what? Crazy topics yeah. or um, like maybe like uh, when we did like the the uh, Night Stalker thing, oh, or we go into true crime, or we have a guest that maybe <clears throat> did a life sentence in prison and turns life around. Yeah. Those types of shows mm-hmm. she really wants to listen to. Yeah. You know? Does she? Does she? Does she have any thoughts? Like, does she like listen to like the dynamics, or she's like, you know, old blue eyes needs to speak up more. No, Chuan's got to no. stop fucking around. No. Uh, her one thing that she said to me was that whenever we do the pictures, right, we're doing them over there. Yeah. And she was like, "What is that behind there? Is a guitar?" And there's a fa-. I'm like, "Yeah, well, that's the mirror." And she goes, "Why aren't you guys taking pictures in front of this?" <laughs> boom, boom, <laughs> right? So I was like, "That was one good thing." She that added. was a great thing. And then she also has suggested a couple mutual friends and people that would be great guests. And I took her up upon it, and uh, we have a couple scheduled. You know, right? So she, every now and then, she'll just be like. You know, you should have. That'd be a great guest to have on. I'm like, fuck, you're right. So, but, you know, man, um, you know, yeah, you know, she hasn't really, she hasn't met my family or anything like that. We're just kind of. Not there yet. Not there yet. But good person, good human being, and uh, and somebody that brings a lot to the table man like she brings a lot to the table she ain't just sitting there trying to suck up and drink like not that type of a thing i've been in those right um she brings a lot to the table and she makes my life easier and she does a lot to enrich me and support me and help and i do the same for her so it's like we really have a relationship that's um a two-way street and it's nice and um yeah man so you got to spend some quality time with baby girl. Got to kick it, man. Do all sorts of uh, sinning. Yeah, <laughs> we got to do all sorts of stuff. Bro. Yeah, she likes to hang. And what's her favorite food? What does she like to eat? She does like she likes sushi a lot. Oh um, yeah. But she, you know, and she does like Italian, but we don't eat a lot. Oh, she's I'm like, sure she likes Italian. Oh yeah. But she's like, uh, you know, she also is. What do you what do you call that? Gluten. She she tries to eat primarily gluten free. Right. Every now and then. Right. But she is somebody that eats like a lot of vegetables. She's like really. She's good. She's good. I think maybe when she's on her period, she likes to grub up. And be, ah. She calls herself like a big girl eating, you know. But right. She's very little, but uh, she eats clean, man. She eats clean. She eats right. Um. She cares about what she puts in her body. She really does, bro. Yeah, she only puts the best in her body. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, while while you were... That's what what I was doing. What were you... (laughs) I seen some things. You were in some circles. Oh, bro. There was a lot of... I saw a lot of braids. Oh, yeah. You know, I saw some fire. Oh, yeah. Smoke. Oh, yeah. Um, so tell me, what what was going on with this trip, man? Of you getting with your people, bro? Um, how did it? Was it a reunion? Was it a? 
and then kind of implement and kind of incorporate at some point in time your um your card your 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 certified card that you got well a card i'm mostly indian through my mom's side my dad's got like one eighth and he is a tribal member of the sklalems but he's one eighth which makes me technically one sixteenth but on my mom's side right i'm a quarter and but you know as we've said on the show multiple times i didn't really have any relationship with my mom my entire life right so i didn't have any connection to the family on that side she didn't necessarily even have she like ran away from the family so like for decades it was like zero and um my wife who before you said so what was your mom comprised of she was half oneida Uh uh-huh and half french french canadian french canadian half oneida grandpa eugene's side and your father my father is one-eighth sklalem and then the other rest of it is like scottish okay all right so so on my dad's side my great great grandmother graham was full-blood Sklalem, like from that side in the northwest, a guy from Chile on a merchant marine ship to pick up timber all the way up in the northwest. The ship ran aground. Guy's name was Bartolo Reyes, like pure fucking Chilean, small little dude. And when the ship ran aground, they tied a rope around him and threw him off the ship to swim ashore and tie the rope to a tree so the sailors could come over hand over hand and get on land. It took a year for them to repair the Chilean fucking merchant marine ship. During that year, while he was stuck in the Northwest, Bartolo Reyes, somehow, through the international language of love, with Graham, she didn't speak a a lick of Spanish, they got together and had kids. Her daughter Florence also known as Nan is half Sklalem half Chilean like in the 1800s that Florence had a daughter with a a Scottish guy McGregor okay who liked to drink and not work and tell stories down at the beach (laughs) which I, I, I understand that yes okay they had children which was my grandmother Betty Betty McGregor She's at this point one quarter Sklalem, Loresque Scottish. That's Sherry McGregor, you know, Sherry. That's her mom. Betty is her mom. Okay. That's why she looks so Scottish. You look at her and you're like, where's the Indian? (laughs) Got it. Okay. Same thing with my dad. So they're one eighth. The Sklalem tribe is so small as a group, there's like maybe 300 of us. That the one-eighths, normally one-quarters or higher are enrolled in tribes. Each tribe can make their own blood quantum rules. And they're always dealing with this concept that as the tribe future goes on, the people marry outside the tribe or there's not enough whatever. And so the blood quantum keeps getting smaller, even though they are directly descendant from these groups. So the Sklalems at one point didn't allow one-eighths into the tribe. So my dad wasn't enrolled. The quarters were. Then they do a vote 
they let the one eighths in. Now I'm one sixteenth because I'm under him. Mm-hmm. So probably in the next ten years, even though I'm known as a descendant officially through the tribe, not a member of the Sklalem tribe yet, because they gotta let in the one sixteenth, which they probably will have to because the tribe keeps getting smaller and smaller. Right. Under- gotcha. Okay. So I have that on one side. But I grew up on the Puyallup Indian Reservation, which is somewhat like the Sklalems, but they're not the Sklalems. It's still in the Northwest, and my dad's the attorney for them. Mm-hmm. So I grew up there from three until about 12 or mm-hmm. 11. And it's all Salish, and it's similar, and they're singing, and all this bullshit, and powwows, and all this other bullshit. So I do all that. Plus, my dad, since he's an attorney, I've gone to the Seminole Reservations, the Apache Reservations, the Navajo Reservation. So Indian country, I was, as a kid, all over the place, knew everything, beat up by everybody. Then, on my mom's side, though, that's technically, quote-unquote, the most Indian, and if... I had a connection there. I'd already be enrolled with the Oneida tribe. Now, what's the Oneida tribe? The Oneida tribe originally starts in New York. That's where they're from. But as the colonists and all this bullshit goes on and the government steals land, and da, 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 they're put over towards Green Bay, Wisconsin. Okay. And so they've been there, I think, since like a 1800s. But in the 14, 13, and 1500s, they were over in New York area. So the colonists, when they came, were intimately acquainted with and knew the Oneida. Now, so I contact my half-sister, and this is maybe like two years ago. We get into communication, and she gives me the family tree, which clearly shows my mom, Shelly, and... um, her mom and I'm related to Charlie Hill. It shows on the family tree, the great comedian who passed away, American Indian comedian, Charlie Hill, all that stuff from the Hills, the Webster's that's where I'm descending all the way back to like 17, whatever. And it's all documented. The tribe, the Oneida tribe has people, a cultural center who will do a family tree for They'll research all the stuff and print it all up and set it up for you for every tribal member. My sister, my half-sister, gives that to me. Plus, she says, this is the application so you can get enrolled. So I, I, I'm like, fuck. And my, now, the woman in my life, my wife. Now, there was a point where I wasn't too hot on my mom's side. I just didn't want to get involved. I don't know who they are. I don't know what's going on. It's like Maury Povich or like some kind of bullshit where it's like this long lost relative crap. And I'm like, God damn, I don't know. I don't want, you know, my mom's not been a part of my life. And, and then like, I don't know what they're going to want. They're going to want money. Like, oh, hey, I heard you're a lawyer. You know, right, I, right. I'm good for it. You know, all that kind of crap. Mm. Or, or what? I don't know. So, but my wife was like, you know, that's part of your daughter's family too. Mm. Like Tigra's family is from there. And um, you need, she pushed me. She really pushed me to get in contact and figure out that Oneida thing. Because my wife's like, you know, there may come a point in time where Tigra might get enrolled into the Oneida side. You need to set that all up. What are you doing? Mm. My like, fuck. Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> what more do I need to do? So I do all that. And um, 
and and so I applied, and the Oneida tribe enrolled me. They were like, "Yeah, boom, 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 you're a member." That means yearly casino money. That means whatever other. I got automatic life insurance now. I've got these other things. It's all online now, just like overnight almost. I'm like, wow. So. My uncle, you, everyone on that side of family is either named Sandy or Eugene. Like wow. 18 generations of Eugene and Sandy. It's real fucking confusing. Because mm. I'm like, what? I never even knew an Indian's name would be. Eugene? Eugene or Sandy. Right. I don't know. It's weird. So I'm like, what do you mean? And then, it, then it turns into big Eugene, little Eugene. Oh, big Sandy, little Sandy. It's mm. kind of like, in some ways... Uh, you know, kind of like the West Side, where it's like yeah. big lux, little lux. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Boy. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, "Fuck!" So <clears throat> get into contact with all of them, and then I'm like, "Well, I should go out." They're, they're having their summer powwow, July 1st through the 3rd. I'm a tribal member. I should go out there, get my ID, right? And also see my family, get to make first, first contact. Meet your family. Jesus fucking Christ. So I'm like, all right. As this is getting put together, I tell the other side of my family, the Sherry side about it. You know, something weird about that is that they're not that excited about it. Is it an Indian thing? Tribal thing? No, it's not. I mean, I don't think that the, the side on, on that side, I don't think. They don't. They were raised. They weren't raised on the reservation. They were raised in like suburbs of California, Concord, California. So the, yeah. So you. They've had a different experience than you. So, but when I tell them that I'm going over there and I'm going to meet all the family, it wasn't like a great rejoicing. It was like kind of a weird silence. Like almost like they feel threatened, or like somehow I'm disloyal, or it's just. It wasn't. It wasn't as supportive as it could be for sure. For fucking sure. You know who was supportive, though? Who? Salmon. All right. So Salmon says to me, because I go, all right, I'm setting up the trip. I'm going to Wisconsin. I'm going to do the powwow. I'm going to get my card. I'm going to meet all these people and see what's what. And it's a big deal for me to do that because I got to do all this work shit and get it all prepared, blah, 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 blah. Plus, uh, fly out. Da, da, da. So <clears throat> Salmon goes, dude, I want to fuck. I'm going to go fucking with you. And I'm like, for me, dude, uh, it was a little bit of a test for me. Mm. It was a test of how much do I feel that Salmon is also my family? Mm. Because if he's my family, I'm not going to say no. Mm. But if I'm going to make divisions, then I'm going to say no. Mm. And so... You know, as, as much as he drives me nuts, I'm like, fuck it. You know, they're not going to understand him. He's, right. they're Wisconsin Indians. Right. He's a fucking California cornhole bag sewer with painted nails. Right. Now, on top of me going out in the awkward situation of just dealing with that, I'm going to have to also have. Explain this shit. Explain this shit. But if I'm not loyal, then I tell him no. If I'm loyal, I'm bringing with me. Hmm. That's how I felt. That's how I really felt. I'm like, 
I'm either loyal to my cousin, and the truth is, is he and I have been almost like brothers our entire lives, mm. right? I'm either loyal to him or a piece of shit. That's how I felt. And what am I going to do? Worry about what they think? I'm going to have to explain it at some point anyway. Mm. So I tell him, all right, let's go. Come with me <laughs> on this mission. Why does he want to go? Man, it's a good question. You know, he's adopted. So he's not blood relation on, on Sherry's side, on Jan's side. He's been in our family since he was four. I think he wants to go for a couple of reasons. One, I really think he wants to live through me reconnecting with long lost blood relatives. Mm -hmm. I also think he wants to live through me the Indian journey part of it. Mm. Right? He wants to he wants to become he wants to become legitimized. Right? in the way that I'm seemingly getting legitimized. He also wants to go because he loves just going on a fucking trip. Gotcha. So I go, cool. So <clears throat> uh, the trip is a nightmare, a total, utter fucking catastrophe, night fucking mare. So Salmon comes to pick me up in Orange County. We drive to LAX. We leave early to get to the LAX, early to get on the plane, early. He parks at this parking structure. He fucking has a knife in his pocket. He forgets that he has the knife in his pocket. We're already walking out to get to the shuttle, and he pulls out this knife. So I go, well, dude, you, you, what are you going to do? So he hid it behind a lamp. And we go, right? He hits it, hides it behind the lamp. And it's like, well, maybe it'll be there when we come back. We, the parking shuttle, we wait 45 minutes. It never comes. I call the fucking company and go, what the fuck kind of parking fucking bullshit is this? Where's your fucking shit? You don't say on your website it's going to take 45 minutes to get right. five feet. And they're like, well, it's complimentary. Blah, blah, blah. I tell them to go fuck themselves. So then we get an Uber. We jump in the Uber from the parking place to get to LAX. We get into LAX. The guy in the Uber only spoke Spanish. My cousin was blown away by my speaking abilities. And thank God I can speak Spanish as well as I can now because my wife's Guatemalan, blah, 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 blah. Get into the fucking thing. We get charged 78 bucks for our carry-ons, which they didn't mention. But I'm like, of course a, not. A fucking assholes. Who'd you fly with? <sighs> I hate to admit it, but spirit. I, I made all those posts. You I hate remember spirit. that. I do remember that. I said, never fly spirit. They're full of shit, man. And they got all these hidden well, charges. Well, guess Fuck what? spirit, you guys. Yeah. You know what? It should be called uh, break your spirit because that fucking spirit uh, airlines dude, is the I'm worst. Never. The worst. Never. I will never. The worst. I won't either. I, I told hate everybody. Them. I, I, hate I wrote them, them a horrible letter, too. Right. And they hit and they contacted me. Yeah. What can we do to make it right? I go, nothing. You could go fuck yourself, is yeah, what you could do. Spirit's horrible, you guys. Spirit, go fuck yourself, spirit. So we get there, right? Personal item and the carry and our, our carry-ons were like tiny. They're like $78. I'm like, fuck you. Yep. But you're already at the airport. Yep. What can you do? Fucking assholes. No other airlines does that. You'd have to have like a small purse that you can bring on with you. Dude, I'm gonna figure That's out it. how to fold fucking clothes up and put them in my shoe. It's fucking spirit. insane. Fuck spirit. Fuck yeah. spirit. So anyway, we go. So we get on spirit, right? Spirit is late. It's delayed in our. So there's no direct flight to Green Bay from LAX. Mm. So you got to catch a connecting flight in 
Las Vegas. So, we've lost a knife. We had to take an Uber to get to the fucking thing. We get hijacked by fucking Spirit. Now they're late, right? And we've got like a two-hour window to get to Las Vegas and jump on Frontier Airlines. It's fucking bullshit. All right. So, and I'm with Salmon. And we're sitting there and we're having every insane conversation you can have. We're fucking watching this, watching that, making calls. He's doing big cornhole business. He's got cornhole like ESPN super players that might, you know, wear, use his bags on TV. And so he's sweating weird salmon bullets while I'm sitting there thinking about, I don't fucking miss this flight. And so we go to... And then, so, Spirit Airlines gets us to Las Vegas, and the connecting flight has already left. So, we're stuck in Las Vegas. How are we going to get to Green Bay, Wisconsin? We have to run down to Delta and Southwest and buy brand new tickets. How do you how are you responsible to buy those tickets if the, there was a delay? Well, I listen, that's something we got to deal with on the back end, but you got to also remember that I don't have time to switch. So, the Spirit Terminal in Las Vegas is in Terminal the main terminal and the connecting flights in Terminal 3. What they don't tell you is you got to take two fucking trams to get to Terminal 3 and go through TSA security over again. It's a whole fucking nightmare. Fucking nightmare. Not only is it a fucking nightmare, but it's hard. So I'm sitting there and we're in the vet. Now we're in the Vegas thing. Now Salmon's eyes are starting to glaze over because there's nothing but slot machines everywhere. <laughs> this guy wants to play the slot something fierce. So we're running. We miss the flights. We fucking go down to Delta. Delta goes, well, we can get you to Milwaukee, but those flights are booked. But you know there are two open seats on the Southwest. We run over to Southwest. Fucking. Now, listen. Salmon is also charged with filming all of this. So he's been filming this whole time. Wow. <laughs> so he, he bought a brand new camera and everything to film it. So this is all on film. Plus, I brought my handheld recorder. At some point, we're going to put all this together so you can fucking hear the weird shit that went on. So, Salmon's filming while we're buying these emergency tickets to Milwaukee on Southwest. The guy who is selling us the tickets, I don't know that he's a homosexual, but he sure seems like it mm -hmm. based on his manner of speech and his manner of dress, So, which is fine. It's just kind of funny. Salmon's filming, but this gentleman has a huge sore on his lip. Golly. It looks like it looks like a rotten strawberry. Jesus, hanging on his lip, and Salmon's filming him while he's trying to sell his tickets. And the guy turns to Salmon and he goes, "Please don't film me." Hmm. And Salmon turns off the thing, and I don't know why. But I, and it's so crazy. So then we get these tickets to Milwaukee. But unfortunately, we're not going to land in Milwaukee until 2 a.m. Oh, God. Now we got a four-hour window to sit in Las Vegas airport. Right, right, right. right. Also, Convenient for Sam. Oh, Salmon is jamming. And all of a sudden, I go, where's my backpack? In the fucking thing, I don't have my backpack. 
So I got to run through security and I'm praying it's not on spirit because those, uh, those fucking goose fuckers won't be smart enough to take it off the plane and put it in the lost and found of it, right? right. It'll just get lost. Luckily, like an idiot, when we went pee, I had left my backpack on a chair and it was still there. Except now wow. there's a cop right by it staring at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I run up with my braids and this is like, you know, a Trump cop kind of. Like he's very. So I go in right into my very like, hi, sir. How you doing? Uh, that's my bag. Thank you for watching it. And he's like, that's your bag. And then he made me go through this test of, well, what's in it? I'm like, well, my audio recorder's in there. And he's like, what? And then he, I opened it and he goes, I go, do you want my information or anything? He's like, nah, that's fine. You're, you're fine. So now Sam and I are sitting there. Salmon proceeds to drop $50 cash into a fucking slot machine. He wins 20 bucks. We walk a little further and he drops money back into the slot machine and he loses it. Right. He's butt hurt, but whatever. We jump on the plane. We get to Milwaukee. At 2.30 in the fucking morning. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And when I tell you about Milwaukee, I don't know if you're old enough to remember Laverne and Shirley. Mm -hmm. But that's where that shit was located. Squiggy, Lenny, we're gonna do it. All that beer town USA. Mm -hmm. It, It smells like beer as soon as you step off the fucking plane. It smells like a frat bar. Vomit and beer. Interesting town. 2.30 in the morning though. The rental car that I rented shut down. They closed at 10. So we don't got access to the rental car that I've already paid for. <laughs> Look at your face. God, bro. <laughs> we haven't even met my family yet. So I sit there and I go, <laughs> your face, bro. You're like, God, bro. 2.30 in the morning. So now I tell Sam and I go, well, I mean, we're, we were going to drive from Milwaukee to Green Bay. Two-hour drive. So I go, well, we're going to have to stay in Milwaukee overnight. It's 2.30. I got to fucking go to sleep, bro. Right. Some salmon's like, me too. So <clears throat> we get in. I go online to the local Milwaukee fucking Sheraton or Radisson, one of these sh- fucking chain bullshits. I reserve a room. We get it. Fucking Matt Salmon gets the Lyft, the Uber. We get in the Uber. This is some weird nightcrawler Uber driver, the kind of person that works at 2.30 in the morning. We get to the fucking hotel. Walk into the hotel. No one's there at the desk. I go, hello, hello, hello. I walk all around. I go back to the ba- where I'm not supposed to go. Pound on the door. The guy opens the door, and I show him the reservation. He goes, oh, well, we're booked solid. Oh, my goodness. You <laughs> paid for it. <laughs> We got no vacancies. I go, yeah, but see this? This is the fucking thing on the computer online says we could stay. He goes, I know. I don't know why that happened, but we don't. So you got to go somewhere else. So now we got to go somewhere else. We're at this fucking jerky ass fucking hotel calling all around three in the morning to another fucking hotel to just fucking go to sleep. Finally, holiday in. God bless you. They got a vacancy. Guy's name is James. He says, front's closed, but just knock on the door and say, James, Go and do all that. We finally get the room. And it's like one of those, it's Milwaukee, but the room is kind of like one of those Las Vegas cheap rooms where it's like the hall is just disgusting, smelling like smoke and vomit on the way there. Then we get to the room and it's all right. 
<sighs> Still did my shit kit. 3 a.m. Doesn't matter. Rain, sleet, or snow. I'm still going to do that. My whole system's set up for that. So I still do that. <laughs> fucking go to sleep. Fucking close all the blinds and everything. Now I've got to tell. Because I had set up to have breakfast with the, with the fucking or some relatives. And I tell them, well, flight's delayed and it's not going to happen. So it's gonna, yeah, I'll let you know when we hit Green Bay. Well, I can sleep in there and there's a bird because it's three in the morning. Now the bird thinks it's morning. It's right next to the window. It's like, <laughs> I swear to God, bro. Well, eventually we sleep, we wake up, we get the car and we start driving the two hour drive the next morning to fucking Green Bay, Wisconsin. And we go through everything. And I got to tell you, there's a brewery every five feet in Wisconsin. Old Town Brewery, Small Town Brewery, Big Town Brewery, Bob's Brewery, Ted's Brewery. It's like incredible. I've never seen anything like it. That's a real drinking town. That whole area is all about... Brew bearing town. Dude. Beer brewing town. Dude. It's insane. And they really have cheese curds everywhere. Every restaurant we go, every gas station, everywhere we go... There's a fucking bag of cheese curds, white or cheddar, whatever the fuck you want. Uh, old Wisconsin smoked sausages are everywhere. Johnsonville brats, that's where they make them. And it's beer, cheese, and sausage everywhere you go in Wisconsin. It's not a lie. It's not hype. It's insane. We finally make it to Green Bay. And we finally check into the hotel. It's all good. And now <clears throat> I talk to Aunt Beverly, who is the matriarch of our family on that side, the oldest living female relative on that side, the Oneida side. She lives on the reservation. And our hotel's right next to the Green Bay Packer football stadium, Lambeau Field. And our Oneida reservation is like five minutes away from that, right next to it. Green Bay is Green Bay. Green Bay shit everywhere. Oh, bro, you see that big uh, green G? You everywhere. see a uh, uh, dude? I had relatives. Every time I talked to them, they were like, "So, what are you gonna do?" And we're like, "I don't know, man. We just, you know, are you gonna go to Lambeau Field? I recommend going to Lambeau." Everybody That's I talk, all they got. They're like, Packer, 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 Packer. And I'm like, yeah, I, uh, okay, I get it. And, I, and everybody, somewhere in everyone's heart, they love the Packers. Yeah. Right? Just because it's the people's team and all right, that shit. Right, right. Blue-collar team. Right. So I'm not against the Packers, but it's also not like the first thing I'm thinking about when I get to Green Bay. I don't care. Right. Right? Who is it around here that uses the G for their local, that same thing? We had some, there's an area that. Oh, Gardena. Gardena, right. So that's all I'm thinking about. I'm walking around and go, oh, that's Gardena shit around Gardena here. Gardena Logan, yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so finally we get settled in. And Aunt Bev goes, well, why don't you come over to the house and let's, and let's visit. Now, I've never met her before. Mm -hmm. She's never met me before. She certainly has never even heard of anybody named King Salmon. So we're driving to the Oneida. Now, also, while this is happening, I'm having multiple calls with clients, law clients. Of course you are. And some of the conversations, I have to have Salmon get out of the car because it's client attorney privilege. Yeah. Right. So I tell Salmon, I'm like, all right, 
get out of the car. So then he gets out and he's so crazy. He's fucking, you know, looking at ants and taking pictures of shit on the side of the road and all this. Sure, sure. While I'm trying to like have a normal conversation, I'm watching this mama Luke walk around and do crazy weird shit outside. Anyway. So I eventually have this conversation with Salmon where I go, look, bro. I pull over for the conversation right before we get to Beverly's house. I pull over and I go, Salmon, just got to tell you, bro. We're going to meet family for the first time. They don't know me. I don't know them. You don't know them. Bye-bye. And they're not only are they Indians, but they're also Wisconsinites. So they don't know shit about vegan. They don't know shit about California. They think we're all communists. Mm-hmm. And you got painted nails. Mm-hmm. Is he wearing a choker? No, I dissuaded him from doing that because I go, that's just way too much pretend Indian all shit. Right. Like it's too much, bro. But he's got the nails, and I'm like. Uh, you know, it's going to be awkward. It's already awkward, but now it's going to be double awkward and I'm just letting you know that. And then he was like, well, fuck, dude, what do you want me to do? Put my hands in my pocket? (laughs) And I'm like, no. But I was trying to explain to him, like, I go, bro, I'm not telling you to do anything really. I'm just telling you how I feel. You know, I know for you, you think this is like, Somehow you're looking at it from your perspective, but this is also about me, bro. <laughs> I'm feeling, I'm just telling you, I'm feeling a, a certain kind of way because this whole thing's awkward and, and your nails are going to add to the awkwardness. And I'm actually not even giving you any direction. I'm just telling you how I feel. And he's like, well, okay, dude. And I'm like, let's not film this first thing just because the nails plus the camera is just going to queer the whole deal. Right. And I mean that in strange way. I don't mean that in derogatory. So I go, all right. And he's like, all right. And so we go. And we get on the Oneida Reservation. It's got a sign that says Oneida Reservation. You get on it. And everything up there has got no, it's turnarounds, turnabouts, whatever the fuck that is. And we finally get to the road. And the lane on the Oneida Reservation that Aunt Beverly lives on, this wonderful 78-year-old woman, is king king lane oh boy so king salmon thinks that's a sign yes (laughs) he's like what dude oh fucking king lane are you kidding me right i gotta listen to that (laughs) and i'm just sitting there and i feel like you know indian curb your enthusiasm it's like i'm like all right so we get in and so she's on the reservation she lived there for like all her life come in it's a reservation house, but it's a it's a decent house, but it's still kind of a, res- it's a reservation house. Man. <sighs> well, it's like sm- it's kind of small with built-on shit that you could tell wasn't all thought of at the same time. It's not. It's smaller, but then they got an extra room, and you can kind of tell by the level that it was added later. And, okay. Uh-huh. And then, like, the deck, you know, was also thought of later, and it's at a different level. And Aunt Beverly's house, in a lot of reservation houses that I've been on, they're, like, real rundown, windows busted out, and also the weird shit. Aunt Bev's house isn't like that. I mean, she takes care of it, but it's still, it's just not organized. 
right? And I go in, and there's this, you know, very nice, calm, serene-looking woman with white hair sitting at a kitchen table, and she's looking at me. And I come in, and they know me as Ben, Benjamin, because Chumahan's a Sklalem name, and that's the name I got over there, but they know me through my mom, Shelly, as Benjamin. Fucking Eugene's all over the place here. And Aunt Beverly. And I meet Aunt Beverly, and she's just like, she's looking at me, and I'm looking at her, and then she goes, like, you know, Matt's sitting there across the thing. She looks at me, and she goes, what do you want to know? And I'm like, I mean, it was, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, what do you mean, what do I want to know? <laughs> Put you on the spot. I mean, I don't even know what to ask. You know what I mean? I don't know where to start. I don't know what to say. I'm not sure what I, I and I told her that. I straight up told her that. I go, I don't, what do you mean I don't, what do I want to know? I don't even know what I want to know, Aunt Beverly. I really don't even know what I want to know. Mm. I don't know necessarily what, to, what am I supposed to ask you, why? I mean, you know, it's my mom, Shelly. You're her aunt. You know, her mom is Aunt Beverly's sister, Margie. She's, she's gone. Shelly's gone. And here I am. So I don't even know what. I'm I'm not what are you going to give me and I've long let go of the concept that I'm going to get some piece of information that's going to make everything make sense there's not going to be any like circle loop that's going to it's all going to add up now that Aunt Beverly's going to tell me like you know some shit from the matrix where you go meet that old black lady and she tells you something and then it all makes sense I don't think that at all I'm not quite sure other than I'm here I want to get the card I want to meet everybody and i want to go to the powwow and then just see what's what but after that initial awkward phase i think she probably too was kind of like well what's this guy gonna do he's gonna yell at us and say that we're the worst family in the history of mankind because his mom abandoned him does he what you know she doesn't know who i am she doesn't know what i'm gonna do so that whole it was kind of like that. It was like very strange and, and, and Salmon's nails didn't even come up in anything. Nobody ultimately no one gave a shit about his nails. Ultimately, Aunt Beverly and my cousin Barb liked his nails. They looked at him or whatever. Nobody came, but it was not a big deal at all, which was kind of interesting. Um but uh there's a thousand times more to this story and I, I think we can just talk about it later but it Aunt Beverly is one of the, the she's a wonderful person my cousin she accepted my cousin she you know she was trying to hook my cousin up with Indian women at the powwow Aunt Beverly is the salt of the earth 
she took us to see the Amish. She took us to the Menominee Reservation. She took us to the Oneida Museum. She they opened it specially for her. She was mm. uh, a part of a lot of different things on the Oneida Reservation, and she was a great hostess. And she showed me all around. She drove us everywhere to see this and to see that, to see different powwow grounds and we spent a lot of time with her at the powwow and she took us her husband was a vet she could sit in the vet tent at the powwow and so uh ultimately i had an excellent 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 time and so did the salmon we had a great time uh, more of the story can fall out but i think we might be at a good stopping point i would say yeah. Just because, I mean, how much of this fucking story can we tell? Um, but did you did you? I see that you brought some necklaces back. Was that from that trip? Yeah, it's from the powwow. And did you guys eat? Fuck, bro. What kind of food did you eat there? Well, first of all, I was vegan, so there was like no food I could pretty much eat. Why it was a lot of stuff meat stuff? Yeah, meat and cheese. That's all they do over there. It's incredible. And everyone's huge. Holy fuck. It's like going to Disneyland. You see all these huge people. Dude, we went to this grocery store called the Piggly Wiggly. Yes. <laughs> the Piggly Wiggly. And we go in there. And I'm telling you, there was probably a 300-pound Norwegian woman standing in front of me. And when she put her groceries on the conveyor belt, it was like... Eight stacks of flank steak, a gallon of ice cream, a jug of milk, and like that was yeah, it. Yeah. And I was like, man, she probably has crazy bowel movements. Anyway, I was like, man. So I was walking around eating apples, like getting fresh fruit from bananas and all that stuff. There was a couple of times that I had to eat French fries because that was all they had at some of these diners. We went to every place that Aunt Beverly liked to eat, but they were all like these diners. So it was like fried potatoes and eggs and all stuff. So I sometimes had to eat oatmeal with no milk. Uh, you know, uh, one time I had French fries. We went to an Amish restaurant mm -hmm. and the pies were all handmade and you could oh. see this giant Amish woman with this weird hat mm. walking around. I mean, we're talking cobblers mm. and fucking blackberry and the pie crust. Aunt Bev got the pie crust. You could see the blackberry pie, like the, the crust was all uneven and fucked up. You could tell it was real handmade Man yeah. fucking pie. Because salmon ate deep fried cheese curds. He, 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 he got stuck in the bathroom for like four hours one time because he was just eating and eating. He got done telling me, dude, on the way out there, he's like, I don't understand people who fucking, they, they, they make their whole day about revolves around what they're going to fucking eat. And I'm like, what are we going to eat? What did you eat? What have you eaten? And I'm like, fuck, don't you got to do shit? I was fucking, I, by the time I'm, wor I'm a working man. I don't get, I don't even, one o'clock I look at the clock. I'm like, fuck, I guess I got to eat. <laughs> he said this man. whole, he said this whole thing to me. Then when we got to Wisconsin, man. all he did was eat. He was eating ice creams and donuts <laughs> and fucking pickles. <laughs> and then he turns to me and he goes, see what I mean, dude? If I'm not, if I'm on vacation and I fucking, all I do is eat. <laughs> I was like, wow, bro. So, yeah, there was all of that. But um, anyway, it was a good meeting. Good. I want to say to, you know, the 
the uh, Oneida people, you know, uh, say goalie, yes. say goalie, which is Oneida for hello, say goalie from California. Uh, thank you uh, for hosting me and King Salmon. Uh, I want to say thank you to Aunt Beverly. Yes. For being a great hostess. There's so much Thank more. Thank you to say, Goli. There's so much more to Matt, uh, King Salmon's uh, slot machine things. Eventually, I won't tell you what happened, but a big, big, big thing happened. Did he win a million dollars? I'm not going to go into it, but something more happened, yes. Um, Supermaxhardware.com. Right. We are going to pick up and continue that story of this this trip but man i tell you bro that it, I, I mean man it just sounds like a nightmare from the beginning though. <laughs> the really? first part was a nightmare oh, but shit. it ended up to be the greatest thing on, on oh, planet that's Earth. good <laughs> um ovando bone llp we wear braids to cord yeah pupo beard oil uh hard oh. luck show monday wednesdays and fridays um and our uh, our partner sean who's not here is uh COVID. Sean at MoveMental. Uh, Sean at MoveMental.media. Media. For your media needs. Um, shit, man. Jesus. Jesus. Instagram, Jesus. Instagram, Jesus. Thank you. <clears throat> thank you. Uh, and uh, Big Pick Mike, thank you as well for uh, not being here today. Yeah, and, thanks, uh, Big Pick Mike, for not being here. And uh, what do you think? Um, I think, uh, I think Oneida, Oneida, baby, shoot that money, Oneida. Yeah, well, it's coming, bro. Yeah, and that life insurance that's great. Yeah, I'm gonna figure out, um, also if they can pay some of my school loans off. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you some questions about that off air. Okay, boom, like we do about this time. I still love you stuff from the Hard Luck Show. We out.